Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. Welcome to the first video episode. Um, this one will have video as well as audio. I have a very special guest today, uh, Jerome Gums. Uh, welcome, Jerome. Uh, Thanks for having me, you know, G5, you know, G-Man, a.k.a. George Gunn. It's a pleasure Bucket, to be also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, a pleasure to have you on board. Thank you for coming on, and um, yeah. So Jerome, Jerome and I have been working together now for about nine years. Jerome runs Empower Me Academy in San Francisco. Um, we, it's it's been such a journey. Like I started working with Jerome when uh, he had just started in Power Me Academy. It was just a few students. Um, Jerome also, uh, he used to play at USF and uh, has, you know, a lot of, um, he's already had, you know, this connection with the city. And so, um, anyways, I, when I start, when we started, uh, it was just a few students and I was, you know, just starting out in my basketball journey. And, um, I, um, I, I, you know, I, like Jerome will say, you know, like he remembers, I, I couldn't really dribble that much. I couldn't really shoot that much. I just like had fun and I wanted to play basketball, but, um, you know, I also wanted to like figure out how to play well. Uh, even though I never had like goals of playing professionally, um, I just wanted to like figure it out. But then I also realized that, you know, you know, Jerome and his program, it's, you know, Empower Me Academy, it's not just about basketball. It's not just about developing basketball skills. It's about also developing life skills and confidence and community. Um, and, you know, just like getting to know your, your teammates and, you know, like the people in your life and it, it's also like connecting with them. And I used to be like, uh, very shy because I hadn't felt like I, I had connected with a lot of people before. And I feel like because I present differently than most people, um, most people were kind of, averted like they just they um I think some were like in a way maybe scared of the unknown maybe unsure um and Jerome has always been very inclusive and very like um welcoming and encouraging and so as I progressed you know working with Jerome over time um, I, I noticed that not just my basketball skills were, were getting better, but I was just, I had more confidence I, as well. I wasn't as shy, um, and, uh, nervous as I was before because I just didn't, um, feel, uh, I didn't feel as much confidence because I didn't have like that environment that was, that was a good environment. And so I really... I like had a whole career path change. I decided to pursue acting. Took this two-year intensive training in acting school, and then became an advocate as well. 
um, for autistic and ADHD voices and the neurodiversity movement. Um, and yeah, it's just been really great. And then also helping out, you know, like continuing, you know, being on the board now of Empower Me and, you know, continuing to be impacted by Empower Me, but also to influence and impact Empower Me in um, this whole neurodiversity uh, movement and everything. Anyways, I'll get into the questions now. Um, so Jerome, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in the Virgin Islands and uh, your journey, you know, from there to USF and then what motivated you to start EMA. Oh, wow. Gee, man, I, you know, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, it's, it's as I always convey to you, it, it's pretty miraculous, you know, what you've accomplished. And, you know, I had no doubt that you would become who you are today. And you were. You, I mean, it wasn't like you became who you were. You just. I kind of opened up. I like. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you understood what you were capable of, because like you said, you were in an environment where you felt valued, you felt seen, you felt heard, mm -hmm. and you were embracing to it. So, and that's, that's all what life is about, being yeah. in the right environment. It's like a plant. Not every mm -hmm. plant can grow in the same temperature. You got to yeah. be in the right environment. I think the same thing goes for humans, right? Whether they're young, right? And whether they're old. Um, you know, I'm from St. Thomas, United States mm -hmm. Virgin Islands. And I grew up in a household, you know, by strong women. You know, both my mm -hmm. parents were involved in raising me. Um, I would like to say my dad really showed me what work ethic was and my mom was the disciplinarian and I had six sisters, you know, and I attribute my way of coaching, of being, you know, having emotional intelligence, being intuitive, really tapping into my emotional boundaries. Um, I really give credit to my sisters and just being around women and seeing that discrepancy in how I operate and how I thought and how my sisters operated. And it, was, it wasn't always sunshine and, and ice cream, but I did learn a lot from my sisters, and, and I, I want to always pay tribute to my sisters, my mom, and my family. Growing up in a virgin house was tough. You know, uh, little do people know, it's, it's a very um, dangerous place to live up, live in, and I, I felt that basketball allowed me to stay away from trouble. It's a normal cliche growing up in the hood where you either have you know, you become a person that indulges in crime or a person that indulges in sports. And I was one of the lucky ones. Played basketball at a decent level. Worked really hard. Implemented my work ethic I got from my parents. And immediately went from being, a you know, at the low end of the pack of talent to becoming one of the better ones. And by the time I was, you know, a junior in high school, I got um, approached by my junior national coach, who is kind of like, who I am now in San Francisco, he was that person in the Virgin Islands. And he approached me and said, you know, you've shown the resilience, the grit, the work ethic, and the mindset to go off into the States. But back then, there was no Twitter. There was no Instagram, YouTube. There was no opportunities to go viral. I mean, I don't even know if they had flip phones back then. So the only way you were going to be able to be seen, you had to leave the comfort of your home, leave your comfort zone, and go to the States and be more close, be in a close proximity to the coaches that were recruiting players like yourself. So I ended up going to Florida. 
that's an entire book by itself. Didn't work out. Ended up going back home, feeling a little bit demoralized, almost a little depleted. My coach from back home, just like I do with my students, gave me a pep talk and said, you can still do it. Just because something happened badly doesn't mean it's over. He ended up finding me another opportunity in Kentucky. Complete 180 experience. Stayed with a wonderful host family, the Birds. Ended up playing for one of the best coaches I've ever seen and heard and met, Coach Tinsley. Um, I call him the ultimate in power because he always instilled confidence. Sometimes I thought it wasn't real, mm-hmm. <laughs> but eventually everything that he said came true. Um, and then I got recruited by USF. You know, I had a really good career in Kentucky, um, came out of nowhere and became one of the top players in the state, made the Kentucky All-Star team. I was the first person to ever make it that wasn't from Kentucky. Then I got recruited by a numerous amount of Division One schools and a couple of D2 schools. It came down to San Francisco, the University of San Francisco in Cincinnati, which at the time was just ranked at number one in the country. They had Kenny Martin. And then I chose USF over Cincinnati. And it was a multiple of reasons. But the main one was USF had one of the best graduation rates and Cincinnati had the worst graduation rate in the entire country. And one promise I made to my mom being her only son was I was going to graduate from college. So it became an easy, very easy decision. So even back then you can really connect that my decisions were always made from values. Right. And those are the types of mindset I try to instill at the Academy. Fast forward, went to USF, Played there for five years, retroed one year, went overseas and played for about eight years. And then during my tenure playing professionally, you know, my son, who I had when I was in high school, college, he started getting serious for basketball. You know, and once he, you know, made that commitment, said, hey, co- hey, Pops, I want to become the next Russell Westbrook. I immediately started thinking about my experience and wondering how I can make sure his experience was better because I had a lot of coaches that tripped me up, caused me to lose confidence, caused me to not believe in myself, caused me to feel somewhat, you know, even to the point suicidal. Mm. A huge mental strain to me. And so I started building Empower Me Academy. And 10 years later, almost 3,000 students impacted this is where we are. Wow. Yeah. That's, wow, that's amazing. Like, I think especially like when you were saying about the mental health challenges that can come with, with all the, with this whole journey and how important and how impactful it is to have someone that understands and can help you get through it and give you confidence because I think it's a huge thing. Um, like what, what I see, I see this like all over the place with, with everyone, but I think I see it a lot with neurodivergent people is that a lot of people, um, they struggle to find those environments because they, um, cause they're, cause there's so much skepticism because people don't want to, you know, step into territory that they might not be familiar with. And um, and it's really powerful when you find someone 
that does and that's like oh okay let me understand like how this is for you and what are your experiences and how are like what are some of the challenges you have and everything and um because I feel like a lot of times it's just very standardized it's like a lot of people they have these very standard molds of like what everyone is supposed to do or what everyone is supposed to look like um in terms of you know their um there's a multitude of, of, of different things. Um, and, or one, how someone communicates, perhaps. And, um, and so they get, like, they get alarmed. Like, wait, this person isn't fitting the box, so there's an issue. So, like, or this person is maybe, like, people that might be struggling with something like they might be showing a lot of behavior that one could just look at and just dismiss and be like oh see they're just angry or they're just upset or they're just snapping um because of this or or you know they're like as if they were doing it because it's something just like a choice that they made and but it also has a lot to do with the environment and it a lot to do with how they're perceiving and processing a situation and there was uh I just I have so many things like coming into my head and stuff but there was um this moment uh at the Empower Fest uh the third annual Empower Fest at Empower Me Academy that happened this last week um there was a speaker night and I remember um you had Bill Cartwright from USF there and he asked you a question about behavior and, you know, addressing behavior. And I really liked your response about uh, not, you know, about making sure that there's not an environment where the behavior, that behavior would arise because of the environment and the circumstances because I feel like there's always a reason behind the behavior and a saying that I use a lot on this podcast, an um, analogy perhaps that I use is that we have to sign, we have to put out the fire instead of silencing the alarm. And the behavior is a lot of times it's the, it's the alarm. It's the fire alarm going off. And a lot of people. That's a good, that's a really good one. I like Thank you. Yeah, because a lot of people, they're just like, oh, my God, like this child is doing this. Like, we need to stop the child from doing this. We need to. And it's like your sign. It's the same. It feels like the person is like, oh, the fire alarm keeps going off. Like, we need to turn this thing off. We need to get rid of it. And like the fire is just getting worse. I'm like, no, the fire alarm is going off because of the fire. Um, if you put out the fire, the fire alarm will stop. Um, anyways, uh, so you were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, mental health, like challenges that you had along the way and how you had coaches that were able to instill more confidence in you, um, and like how that knew how to talk to you and like really communicate on the same level and take the time. Because I feel like another thing that happens is, I mean, I'm talking, I know I'm touching on a lot of different things and eventually I'll get, I'll get to the question, but, um, like there's so many people that 
they try to judge people and it, based on just like the first impression and um like because there's this thing in the acting industry which i've been like starting to advocate against which is the basically a slate video which is what this like five second video that you do to basically they say it's to show off your personality before and you put that video before the audition clip but it's like I feel like it's so unfair because how can you get to know someone or know their entire personality or their entire story and everything in like a five second video and I read recently that a lot of times the uh, casting directors will decide if they watch the audition or not based on just that this five second slate video and I'm like, that's insane. That's like, why don't you like, and I've, what I've always liked about Jerome is that, you know, Jerome will like sit down with you and talk to you and like have a real conversation. And like, since we started working together also, you know, we started going on walks and we would go to the movies sometimes. And I really like that because we really like got to know each other on a personal level as well. And understand like how we communicate and everything and I feel like that is just so so much better than just watching a, a five second uh. video and being like oh okay this person looks like this or seems like that or yeah and I because I'm well, still yeah. well, see if you, I'm allowed to add value to what you're saying you know first of all the reason I did all that is because I, I do really appreciate being around you because seeing your transformation going from a person that would barely say anything or even look up because you were never in an environment that allowed you to really see yourself as being this future actor, future, you know, uh, superstar. You became my inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Like every time I'm around you, I'm reminded of how powerful our ecosystem is. So selfishly, I've been around, I've been hanging out with you because I, sometimes I need that feel like who empowers the empowerer? Who inspires the person and inspires hundreds? And you've been that for me. So, you know, uh, secretly, I've been really trying to pull on your coattail because you've been doing super, superhuman things. You know, and, and another thing too, to really speak to the essence of why you want to spend time with people, you cannot coach, inspire, and motivate people until you know people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so this whole five second clip thing, it's almost dehumanizing yeah. the whole the whole experience of getting to know another human. Exactly. <laughs> so almost it's a polarizing issue. Like that is mm-hmm. baffling, right? Mm-hmm. You know that has become somewhat normalized because I can't comprehend how a five second clip could give you enough of a sample size for you to know who I am. So I'm, I'm not a fan and I agree with you, you know, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just, yeah. It, it, oh my God. Cause I've been told some stuff like, and I knew it wasn't true and I was like in a good place. So I could like, I, I could just right away. I was like, okay, this, this, what this person is saying isn't true, um, but I've been told by someone in the industry um, that I was working with at, at the time 
that based on my slate video, she literally said, she said that it looked like I would be no fun to have on set and that I had no fun in life. And I was like, this... Wow. Yeah, and I'm not working with her anymore. But... Um, Obviously, I would hope so. Yeah, because I'm like, wow, okay, like, we never met in person. We had actually... We had only talked on the phone once. And... Um, like she's, she, and she literally said this, this was in a response to an audition clip that I sent her and she was talking about the slate and I was like, cause she said, oh, the audition is great, but the slate was terrible. And then she said, because this and this, and I'm like, and anyways, it's just, yeah, it's, but, but I knew because I was already, you know what? I was thinking like, if I had been in a darker place, like if it were before we started working together, um, I don't know how I would have taken that. I don't know if that would have like put me in a really big, it might've put me in a big funk or something, but like I already knew like that it was completely untrue because I had, you know, I was in a good place. I had a, I was in a healthy mindset. I knew like, from like places like Empower Me and like my acting school that I do have great connection with a lot of people and when people really get to spend time with me and get to know me and I get to know them, we have a great time and yeah. And anyways, so I'm getting to, to the question now. Um, on the topic of those like challenges and struggles that you had and when the coaches were you know what were some of the things that were the most helpful like some of the moments that were like the most impactful some of the conversations perhaps that the coaches had with you that really helped improve your whole mindset and everything well this is such a great question you know and there's so many experiences I can pull from, I have like a, a, a reservoir of experiences. So I'm going to pick a few, but I think the most important thing is not what a coach says, just any human. Mm -hmm. It's it's the way they make you feel, right? Because oftentimes yeah. the way you embrace, the way you listen, sometimes listening is actually better than talking because when you listen, you allow people to be heard. And being heard is a very strong component to, 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 to being human now because we're so distracted, right? And when we're all distracted, no one is really listening to anyone because we're probably in our phones, our head is down, and we're buried. Yeah. So for me, in addition to what coaches said, just really feeling, feeling, feeling valued and being seen because I knew I was different. I knew I was always a person that wanted to be on time, always the person I wanted to work hard, always, always wanted to be coachable. And when you're trying to do the right thing, right, and you're not being recognized for it, it's a little demoralizing. Yeah. You know, definitely. build something defeated. So just being around coaches that identify the right culture and values and then kind of connect me to the culture that I viewed as the championship winning culture, right? But some of the things coaches have said, I had one coach in particular when I was struggling with a coach who's really glorifying what I would consider bad players. And what I mean by that, these were players that would come late. These were players that really didn't go to class. 
this was in college, you know, these were players that would, you know, just have a ton of attitude in practice if things didn't go their way. And they were being rewarded with playing time and other stuff. So I went into the office one time to talk to one of the assistant coaches and I said, listen, maybe I should start being all these things because maybe they'll change my outcome. And the coach looked me in the eye and said, listen, don't you ever change. Continue to be who you are because when their environment change that embraces someone like you, then you'll be an imposter and not be yourself and then that environment will rebuke you. And I thought it was a very powerful thing because what happened as I went through my experiences playing professionally, every once in a while I would have a good culture and a bad culture. I just got to the point where, you know what, I'm going to go back home, help my son become the best player he can be, and develop a culture that I want to be around all the time. Right. So those are two things. And the last thing is really just always having a positive mindset. What I started doing with a lot of downtime overseas, because it can become very lonely overseas. You know, back in the day when there wasn't when they when they had no Internet, a lot of people don't notice there was a lot of suicides being committed overseas Mm. because homesick, being homesick is a very powerful and sad experience. It's almost stifling. It's almost paralyzing. And now we live in an era where you can FaceTime your family, you can email, you can text instantly. But, you know, can you imagine 20, 30 years ago? It was hard. Yeah. So with that in mind, you still experience some boredom and some loneliness overseas. So what I started doing, I started reading a lot of books. Mm -hmm. A lot of the, the, most of the books I read was based on self-improvement and mental health, mental toughness, mental enhancement really diving into the mindfulness. And that's what I've been fusing to Empower Me Academy. So bullet points of my you know, answer is, number one, coaches that exude positivity and the right temperament to make you feel valued and heard. Two, reading books or just indulging in something that makes you build up the, the, the self-confidence and self-awareness. You know, and the third, you know, I'm blanking on the second one. The, the, the third is, is really just understanding that you have the power to, to have a better outlook and stuff. I know that's similar to having confidence all the time, but I think being around coaches that have the right temperament, being around coaches that say the right thing, and also just always having a positive frame. Always looking for the silver lining. I, I, I actually try to I teach people, everything that happened to you, find a positive. And if you yeah. can't, just remember what my mom would always say. Someone else in the world has it worse than you. And that puts a lot of stuff in perspective. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, I think, yeah, perspective um, can be really helpful. And, um, like you were saying also, the environment and just understanding sometimes like that you don't need to be like everyone else. You don't need to be in the same environment 
And, uh, I mean, you don't need to be, you're in the same environment, but you don't need to be, like, in the same kind of, uh, you know, you don't need to be like the other people are being. No. You just need to be in an environment that it's like you can be that yourself, and then it just makes a huge difference. Um, and like everyone has their their own journeys and stuff, and I think everyone being able to understand like more about each other as well. Um, and like, of course, it's not to say that we're not gonna each have our own struggles, but like, it it can be really helpful to, um, to kind of look at like other people and look at like, because then it can also help us relate like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. It can it can bring sometimes a sense of community, like oh I'm not the only one that's like had um, these struggles and like there there are other people experiencing similar things and we can talk to each other, um, and 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 we can relate and we can like understand other people's experiences. Um, because you that's what's really important too is the connection is like um when you connect with the person instead of um because then you really understand because it's one thing if they say oh like yeah this happened or i was i came from here but then when you really connect and and understand and then you share experiences and then you think about everything Anyways, yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about... Um, tell us a little bit about when you first started working with my dad and I and what it was like. I mean, you, you think you already touched a little bit on, about on this, but, like, in more detail, perhaps, what it was like um, witnessing my evolution in basketball and life since we started, um, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but who you are today is who I envisioned you to be nine years ago. And when I really step back and think about if, if I had a superpower, it would be like I see people in the future, and not literally, but I, I, I see people's potential, and I really believe it to be true. And I think when you're a coach, you gotta have that profound belief. I think the strongest ingredient in being a parent, a, a coach, a mentor, a teacher is that person that you're mentoring really feel the belief so much so they feel like they can touch it. So when I first met you, I don't think you talked to me for months. Right? I was very and shy. I, yeah. I, would, I would always joke that your dad mm -hmm. was your translator. Right? Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. And and I just saw this 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 young man that I was just just waiting to blossom because I saw a little glimpse. I saw when you would hit a shot because you struggled to dribble, you struggled mm -hmm. to shoot, you struggled to do everything. Yeah. But I knew that through resilience and determination and grit and consistency, that one day you would do a profound job in mastering the game that you love. 
And I think as I saw you progress, first of all, your stamina started increasing because what would happen, your dad, you know, as busy as he is, he would not come for a few weeks, a couple months. I remember one time he didn't come for a while. You kept coming two, three times a week. Then he came back and you were doing like a sprint. I remember him like in decent shape, but he just wasn't in your shape. And I just remember that was your first taste of profound change because you were able to look over to your dad and be like, wait, I'm in better shape than my dad. Right. Your dad didn't like it. He's probably going to mm-hmm. not like hearing this, but it was true because I was, you were running a lot of stairs. Yeah. That's you know, right. I think after, after that fast forward to when grandma came, I will never forget that you hit like seven, three pointers in a row. She looked at me and said, I don't think you understand what you have done with this sport. I said, what do you mean? She said, she literally almost started, I think she started crying. She was like, I won't, I won't go as far. I don't know if she said I saved your life, but it was something profound that stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, now it's really starting to make sense. And as I got to know you through the movie, um, hangouts and the dinners and just, you know, hanging out, I got to realize that you were in a very dark place before you met me. Yeah. I think a lot of us, without even knowing, are in a dark place until we find that culture, that environment, that person, that the tribe that allows us to really become our best version. Because I think at the end of the day, when we're born, I think until we die, our main purpose is to be the best version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, yeah, like a lot of times we just, um, like when the environment isn't right, it's uh, it's hard to find out what that really is. And I think for me, a lot of times what would happen is I was trying to be the person that I thought I had to be um and i thought things had to go a certain way things had to be a certain way and i i remember it felt cuz i was actually i was pursuing meteorology at the time i wanted to be a meteorologist and i felt like because i had told um cuz i had told my whole family like from an early age oh this is what i'm going to do uh, and then they all helped me, you know, make it happen. And, you know, so I could start working towards that. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a meteorologist and this and that. I felt like almost like like I was betraying them if I, if I decided to change paths. Um, and that it would be like it, everyone would be really sad or disappointed. But I was really just like projecting that because then I realized that, no, it's like everyone like my close friends and family, like they want me to be happy being myself and doing what I want. Not, and that doesn't have to mean, oh, it's going to be this. So it's going to be this and and it has to be this. And now it can't be anything else. And, um, and that had a lot to do, I think with like the environments that I was in and, and that whole thing about like thinking that I had to fit the environment. Um, Instead of like, no, like, let's, 
let's just find an environment that can ad adapt to to me and that I can can thrive in and it, and it's I don't think it's um I don't think it's a really big coincidence that uh around the same time I, I started working with you and I started working with Empower Me um that shift started to happen and then like within a few years I started getting serious about acting again um and I remember I also like to mention how you know as this transformation was happening internally I had this really powerful conversation with my sister and um like we went to the Marin Headlands like it's still one of those moments that I won't forget um that I went uh it's like it's so funny cuz like I drove her there because I actually wanted to talk to her about some stuff that she was going through with like in high school and like that whole thing with like the pressure of that I think so many kids are still going through now. It's like where where are you going to go to school? What are you going to study? Um, this and that um, and like SATs and whatever and so and so and it's just all and I've been observing that for a while and, and I felt a little bit about that, that pressure but but then I know that it's I think especially here, like kids that go to high school here in the U.S., I think it was a little different in Brazil, but I noticed that like there's so much pressure on kids when they're like 14, 15. And it's like, it's like you have to know exactly like they're told, like you have to know exactly what your life is going to be like for the rest of your life. And that and sometimes people don't even, like, naturally, they don't really figure it out until their 20s or 30s because you have to have a little experience first and, like, you know, kind of walk around and, like, try different things and do different things and see, like, feel it out. And anyway, so I was um talking to her and trying to, like, um con you know, uh... I don't know the right word exactly, but I guess motivate or, but it was a lot of listening because I, I do think, like you said, it's really important to really listen and then understand the other person's perspective and like why they're think like why they're feeling, because like it's really easy to say, oh, you're, it seems like you're anxious or you're upset, but then like really understanding why. So I guess I was really kind of trying, I was like connecting with her on that and kind of trying to reassure her I guess that would be a good a good term uh, on like you know that she can like not not give in too much to the pressure and just really focus on what she feels like and what she wants um and kind of being able to tune out the noise a little bit which which can be hard because there's so much of it um and then she it actually so we talked a little bit about her I didn't know we were going to really be talking about me, but then she like started talking to me because I think she could tell that I was kind of, I had been a little bit stuck, um, for a little while. Um, and, and, and so she was like, Oh, do you still, are, how about you? Do you still feel like studying meteorology? Um, and I remember, I just kind of wanted to like, I, I still wanted to say that I was. So I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then 
I think sometimes she just somehow she just knew that it wasn't really true that I wasn't really being honest with myself and she straight up asked the question that after that was is that the truth or is that just what you're telling yourself mm. and I had to think about that for a while I remember I thought about that for like like I don't know like at night before bed for maybe a a couple weeks or something I was like really thinking about that like is it just what I'm telling myself mm. and then I figured out that it was it was like and it didn't take anything away from the passion that I had for meteorology like I could still always love weather I could still always love meteorology and I could still talk about it a lot and I even have another podcast about it now talking weather um, and I don't need to like necessarily become a meteorologist and follow this path in, in meteorology to, um, to like, like meteorology because I kept, I had these thoughts and I was like, wait a second. No, it's like, I, I can still like meteorology. I'm not abandoning meteorology. I'm not betraying my love for meteorology or any of my family if I decide to pursue acting and and then i remember she it was another thing that my sister said it was like um you know you should you should try taking some acting classes again um and then i did and then i really liked it and then i was like oh okay i remember this i remember how much i enjoy this and then you know like one of those things how like the the twists and turns of life um it just happened that I was introduced by a mutual friend to Jim Jarrett from the Meisner Technique Studio. And um, I ended up auditing. I had a nice interview kind of conversation with him. But he was also like, I really liked that about Jim also. And sometimes Jim would remind me a lot about you, of you because of the way that he would really sit down and talk to you and then he would even say like he even said like um don't think of an interview like don't try to prepare or anything or like like just like he was just really talking and like talking about myself and my life and like why I really liked acting and my story with acting but not in like a a standardized structured kind of way just like kind of flowing um and I just remember really liking that and really liking that energy and then he could say that he could tell how committed I was and then he would always also he would also always say like with his training that it doesn't matter it's not like so much about like how much experience you have about like if it could be there are people in there that have taken a lot of acting classes before a lot of stuff and there are people that are just like starting out with this whole acting thing but he said that what really mattered to him was how much do you care how passionate are you about it um and he could tell that i really cared um and yeah so i audited and then i ended up deciding to join and i did this two-year intensive program and i learned all about the Meisner technique and and being authentic and and working from your gut and being yourself like that was another like main teaching of the technique is 
working from your gut instead of your head because I think so many actors they get in their head and they try to come up with the emotion and and come up with the lines and they're just like it's they're, you're playing it and forcing it and and when you're authentic you're really like with this whole technique one of the things I love so much about it is like marinating in your character in your experiences and then writing these autobiographies like this was my upbringing this was my relationship with my parents my relationship with my friends and then how this all plays into this character that you're embodying and then it's so natural and then the moments and the lines and the back and forth it's like when you're talking to this person like this person it like this interaction does something like that that when they're saying the line you can tell it, it does something to you and it you have a reaction that's supernatural um and so yeah and 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 then I was like wow so I did this two year program and then I finished it and then going into advocacy and I remember like the emotions like gosh like starting I think a month before I I finished the training or something like that um I just had so many like emotions in my head because I was like wow wow it's almost done like I didn't know like two or three years ago I didn't know that I was going to go down this path and then like even when I started the training like beginning of first session even like in the second and third and then with the pandemic and the shutdowns and everything and but even aside from that I was like it's such a long training it's such an intensive training that I remember many times thinking like wow I mean like will I make it through like how far will I make it through but then I remember I always like the more I was like I feel like it's gonna happen I feel like I'm gonna do it and I started feeling as it progressed and I remember Jim saying like from the beginning there are gonna be days that you're feeling really great and oh my god this is great this is fantastic um, and then there are days that are more like, oh, can I do this? But then it was like, I feel like the more that as the training went by, I started feeling more confident in general because I think I was also more used to the ups and downs. And I was just seeing the goal very clearly and this picture and I just knew how much I really wanted it. And... Oh. I think it was like extra drive and extra fuel and extra motivation because um, I was like I was so like hyper focused on the goal um, and and I think I also as I got closer to it I it's like I could taste it and I was like oh my god like it's it's getting closer it's really coming up and then it was like yeah I because I, I just remember like those feelings from and then it happened, and I was like, wow. Pretty proud. Yeah. Pretty proud. Yeah. Awesome. And, um, and then, you know, transitioning, and then this whole career, like, as an actor, and then making my film this year, like, making a screenplay, and then getting... And then that's another huge thing with community, like, getting my friends... Like, I have this group of friends now, which isn't something I had a few years ago, and... 
like the connections and everything and everyone just coming together and helping out and them all helping out with the film and then, you know, launching into this advocacy work and um, them being super supportive of that as well and continuing with Empower Me and, you know, as you always say, like being empowered in basketball and in life, I think like I, I certainly feel like it's it's happened to me and I yeah I know it's been happening to a lot of other kids as well who have been impacted by the program as you mentioned three thousand now um, and yeah it'll it'll continue to grow I'm sure um, well those are all the questions I had um, prepared for for today. Um, this was a, a really this was really great. This was a really great episode. It was a pleasure having you on. Um, I'm really glad that we got to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe we can do more in the future. Um, I'd love to. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Man, thank you so much, and it's, it was a pleasure being on your awesome podcast. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I will be in touch. And oh, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you were able to get a lot out of this episode. Um, I, uh, gosh, I'm stalling. <laughs> um, but You're excited. You're totally I'm excited. excited. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. Uh, I'm going to be linking uh, the website for Empower Me Academy down below. Um, check it out. Check out. Uh, check out the Jerome's work and Power Me Academy's work. They're um, highly recommended. Um, not just for basketball, but life as well, and and how basketball can really impact life. And especially if you're like going through a hard time, in a dark place, not feeling accepted, definitely check out Empower Me Academy. Well, well, we've gotten feedback from our families, mm -hmm. you know, and it's in our Google reviews, it's in our documentary, and a lot of parents are really urging us to really speak to the impact that we have on their children mentally. Yeah. You know, not child psychologists, we're not therapists, but we do have a culture that allows children to feel safe, which allows them to really feel mentally stable, which is, which is powerful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, man. And it was fantastic. Thank you so much. And can't wait to see you. Thank you. Bye. You as well.